Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, guys, we have just been greenlit for Police Academy 4. Number 3 was a big success. We've got two days to write this script before they start shooting. Let's go around the table. What ideas have you got? Adrian. Uh, why, why do you mean two days? Why do we only have two days? That seems like a very arbitrary, tiny amount of time to come up with the plot of this movie. It's 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 what the studio mandated. It's not in my control. Two days, they start filming on Monday, and we're writing on Saturday. <laughs> wow, that is a short time frame. What are some joke ideas that you have? Uh, uh, me? You're not yeah. going to go around the table? It's just me, Adrian. What about what about Jeffrey? What about what about Hannah? You're not you're not going to let them talk? Okay, just no, me then. because b- because you have already introduced yourself as a character on this table, and <laughs> oh, I see I <laughs> to see. not mess up the intro to keep it nice and linear. It's, you've got to come up with an idea. Oh, I see, I see. Jokes, yes. Well, there's bad news on the jokes department, actually. Oh no. Uh, you see, my my dog, he uh, he ate my my script. Oh, the dog ate the script. Right. <laughs> yeah, the dog ate the script and then bit me on the balls. Ah, oh, well, that's pretty funny though. We'll put that in the movie. Mm, yeah, mm, let's dog. Actually, yeah, yeah. That was in the movie actually. So yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll put that in. Hilarious, funny joke. Um, otherwise, I got nothing. Oh no. I guess we could just have them all come back together and do the uh, exact same thing as the last movie. Adrian, oh my, oh my goodness, you just <laughs> what? what? You just saved the movie studio. <laughs> Did I really? I feel like this is a problem that you caused. I have never thought about doing comedy like this before, but you said do the same as the last one. <laughs> yep, that, that's what I said. We've been spending days on these scripts. Mere days. <laughs> yeah. Days we could have spent doing drugs and getting <laughs> drunk. We'd be doing that as well, to be honest. We have, but more! <laughs> <laughs> All comedy scripts will now just be the same. And that is, uh, and that's, and that's how they wrote Police Academy 4. <laughs> and it, it, it turned out how it wrote. And scene. <laughs> And see. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Oldie But a Goodie. Uh, we watch movies from the year 1987 in the order they come out in. Spoilers for the film we're talking about this week is Police Academy 4. My name is Sandro, that other guy is Zach. I thought my name was Adrian. Never mind. It's not actually. Sorry to break the illusion. Also, I wouldn't care, one, about spoilers. If you care about spoilers, you don't. <laughs> and two... Uh, well, we didn't watch this so much as witness this, I feel. We're, we're forced to put up with one hour, 25 minutes of, of this. It sucked. It's not as bad as three, though, is it? It was worse. Really? Yeah, in my opinion. I think I prefer... Ooh, it's the same jokes... But I think they cut, they got rid of a bunch of the really annoying ones. They ha- yeah, and replaced it with Zed. 
I don't mind Zed. I actually liked him. I think he's the funniest person in this whole movie. That's the problem, Sandro. He is. I have a friend with a speech impediment. And every time he's on, it feels like half the joke of him being on screen is that he has this sort of speech impediment thing. Oh, yeah. His whole character is incredibly problematic. Yeah, exactly. Which which annoys me. And I hate him. And I hate Zed. And the fact that he's the funniest part of this movie <laughs> is not a good thing, Sandro. It's not a good thing. I don't know. I quite like, you know, he's going out on like a riverside date and he's like, oh, I like fishies or whatever. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. This is not... Uh, no, this whole film is pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> it was all... It was... I'm like looking, where was that part in the movie? It was like just near the end, wasn't it? I think it was just just near the end. Oh no, he goes to a poetry night and he does like slam poetry, but he's yelling. But he doesn't even do his own slam poetry. He just quotes some random poet and then they're all like, well, I guess we'll clap him to be nice. And he's like, I didn't write it. He should have just been the villain in number two and then that's it. He makes a fantastic villain. He was definitely the best part of two and he was really enjoyable. And then they continued that joke through two other movies and it sucks Mm. and it got boring and I hated it. And every time I saw Zed, I wanted to commit a felony. Wow. That's not good yeah. at all. Yeah, no, it's not good seeing he's supposed to be a police officer. <laughs> but yeah, like, there aren't really that many uh, Michael Winslow doing voice impersonations in this one. Yeah, he's in the movie, but he's just, like, in the background. Like, we're having less and less of him with this talent, these cool, like, zip. I would go back and I want to change my, my perspective because I missed all his funny gags. Kind of. From the previous movies. Yeah. And then, what what did they have in this movie? They have the freaking captain and his bumbling friend. Yeah, I want to talk about that, because they replaced the villain with the villain from number one, because the villain from two and three leaves, yet the new villain's sidekick is the same sidekick from two and three. What? They don't replace the villain? Yeah, 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 no, it's a new guy. Lieutenant Harris. Because it's, um, it's Mouser in two and three. So wait... What happened in the first one? So the first one, it's him and his sidekick, yeah? And the second one is that sidekick, then with the other yeah. police guy? Yes. What the fuck? The sidekick just, just goes from villain to villain. I think he's in all of them. That's so fucking confusing. Now now I'm confused. I didn't notice that at all. I mm. thought he was always his sidekick. Like, those were a pair. And they were a pair in the first movie, and a pair in this movie, but I swear... Huh, that's bizarre. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they did that. No, but I, 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 I guess it now. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm completely wrong. I'm just very confused now. <laughs> I clearly am not up to date on my police academy law. It, it, it does not matter. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, okay. I think I, I just prefer this villain, though. This guy. He's so much better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely a better, like, villain actor thing. We should, of course, also mention, though, that, uh, yeah, we haven't done episodes of 2 and 3 on the main show, but if you do want to hear our thoughts Mm. on them, they are over on Patreon. There is a link in the description. You can get up from two bonus episodes a month for five US dollars. Yeah. Dollary doos. Jumpin' kanga dollar doos. Wow, I hated that. There's still a better joke than anything in this movie, though. (laughs) That it is. And that's the, the 
worst joke of all. Uh, so you can check those out there if you want, but we will jump into the main review portion then. With what what was the other option? What did because I chose this? What did I pass up on? Because probably anything was better than this. Maybe. Uh, Law of Desire, a Spanish comedy thriller about a director and his boyfriend. Big festival hit. That is definitely better. Yeah, look, and, and better than 0%. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. <laughs> Police Academy 4, uh, yeah, released April 3rd. This one's written by Gene Quintano, who also wrote the third film, also wrote Police Academy 3, and Zach. He wrote your two favourite films of the year, Alan Quartermain 1 and 2. Law of Desire has an 100%. On Tomato Rotten, which is a hundred percent more than, than Police Academy Four. That is great. Yikes! Uh, we could have done a good movie. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think about that? The guy that wrote this wrote Alan Quatermain. That makes sense, uh, knowing what we know. Although it would explain the planes at the very end, because he knows he knows some plane guys. Wait, was the planes at the end of the? Oh yeah, hang on. Yeah, there was just randomly planes. That was yeah. Yep. There was plane stunts and yeah, stuff. Crazy. I wrote it down. It's very specifically the only thing I kind of liked because the stunts were pretty cool. They were. Unlike the stunts from 3, which was just, I'm going to jet ski, watch me go slightly above the water. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, at least Ugh. at least, at least, flying is somewhat um, dramatic. It made me think about how they filmed it. Yeah. It didn't make any sense for a scene in the movie or anything to do with it, but they were in the movie. It was there. Uh, so this one's directed by a guy called Jim Drake. This is the only Police Academy film he ever did. He did a bunch of sitcoms aside from that. So they, yeah, once again got in a random director and then he, they left immediately. <laughs> so fair enough. Yep. Good on him. Obviously the cast is massive. I'm just going to go through the ones who either left with this movie or joined with this movie. Because mm. all the others are just there. Uh, so Steve Gutenberg is Mahone. He left after this. This the is his last one. Character, the keystone to these movies, the rock mm. that keeps these all together. They reference him every. He's the main character. The series would die without him. <laughs> oh, he leaves. He leaves. Oh, great! I can't wait for five when we do five because we, of course, inevitably will. Mm. And it's just. The Police Academies without Mahone. That's, that's going to be weird. Yeah, that's going to be so good. Does that mean that Tackleberry becomes the main character again? Because he was the main character in 2, and that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Like, exploring the backgrounds of these characters would be way cooler than fucking, I don't know. <laughs> than anything else that they're doing? Yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> any of the shit. It's like, oh, we're just introducing new characters and getting rid of them. It's, why? I don't know. For fuck's sake. Uh, another character who leaves after this one is Sweet Chuck, the frail old man who's played by Tim Karinsky. This is his last film, and I'm glad, because he, just like Zed, should have only been in number two, and just got rid of him. He's like in his 50s, you know, he's middle-aged. The middle-aged man. Middle-aged. Yeah, he's a small, nerdy, garbage character that's like, oh, yeah. no. He's really not annoying. Not my precious chandeliers. Oh, the accident-prone dude wasn't in this one. I just realized that. He wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. That's what I've got in my notes. I've got, so accident-prone guy wasn't here. Mm. They, they, but they were slowly, like, taking him out of... 
the crew. Yeah. Like, in the previous movie, he had, like, three, four scenes. Yeah. And he's just not in this movie. Which is really sad. I thought... I liked his character. I liked the... It's fine. Random shit he had. Like, he was still part of the crew. Mm. They're just just getting rid of all the fun fun characters. There was only one scene with the punch guy. Yeah. And his dad, they they were great. Uh, there was a bit of problematic stuff. But anyway, we'll mm. get into that. Uh, um, as we mentioned, Zed, played by Bobcat Goldthwait. This is his last appearance in the series as well. I think this is the last time he ever did this character as well. He went on to do uh, himself in all comedy things after this, instead of this character that he's been doing. So, thank goodness. Good. About time he left, even though I think he's the funniest part of the film, which is not a compliment to this film. Mm. Yep. As we've discussed. I hate it. I'm sorry, but I really hated your character in 3 and 4. Oh, well. My God, he did not make a good cop. <laughs> that, that, that is true. He made a fantastic villain, actually the best part of 2, and probably my favourite character, then was my least favourite character for the <laughs> next two movies. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Whenever he's on screen, I, I was just like, cool. I'm not going to laugh for the next five minutes. <laughs> um, I'm quite glad that Colleen Camp is in this as Tackleberry's wife because she wasn't in three and it was very confusing why she wasn't. But she's in this again and that was good. She, ha- But she was barely in it though. Yeah, barely in it. But she was there at least. But yeah, yeah. At least they had some of these characters show up mm. for like one scene. Well, she doesn't appear ever again, so. Yeah, I know. It's so bizarre. Like... They've got all these characters and sort of, like, explore some characters. Go into their backstory. What they should have done for, like, three or four or any of them after this is they just go, like, we've been following Mahoney. He's been our main character. We followed his storyline. He comes in. He does this. Next, we follow the next person's storyline. Yeah. Or follow all their storylines. It's like, where where did uh, Hightower come from? Mm, I would love his backstory. Why does he keep dressing up as people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does he keep dressing... Yeah, oh, that would be great. It'd be like, oh, he used to be part of, like, an acting school or something. <laughs> that would be perfect. And he's just this giant guy who's double the size <laughs> of everyone doing, like, Shakespeare. That would have been great. That would have been so good. We, we need to follow... Uh, what's the guy with the beatboxing... And uh, noises and stuff. Oh, yeah, Michael Winslow. I don't know what his character's name is. Yeah, 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 Michael Winslow. Just, just, I don't know, make him do more of that stupid gag where he makes a noise in the background and everybody thinks it's someone else that did it. I don't, I don't want a movie of that. No, I no. fucking hate that gag. That gag's want... so dumb, it made me infuriate. Oh. Every time he does that, it's like, oh, he made a farting noise. Mm. Hey, they had a fart joke in this one. You know the comedy's... This was <laughs> it. shot and shot and sat on i remember at the like after we finished recording i think our review on three i was like i wonder when there is a fart joke in this series and i looked it up and i saw four and i think i was like great it's here we're doing that one uh i'll go through a bunch of the guest stars as well because for some reason david spade's in this it's his first ever film he is of course on snl he's emperor kuzgo in empress new groove uh, and is one of Adam Sandler's best friends, and is in all of Adam Sandler's movies. So he's there nice. as a cool skater dude. Oh, he's one of the skater dudes. Yeah, he's one of the skater oh, dudes. Oh, that pointless plotline that I hated. Tony Hawk was one of the skater dudes. Hey, Tony Hawk! Wow, Tony Hawk! Hey, nice! 
man, that's really gonna that's really gonna be bad when I get to the things I wrote about the skateboard. <laughs> uh, Randall Tex Cobb is in this. You know, he was in Raising Arizona, obviously, as Nick Cage's maybe brother, uh, playing a character called Zach. I didn't notice him at all during the film, so he was there apparently, but I don't know where. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it. Yeah. And then, finally, Sharon Stone's also in this as, as a reporter. She's just fresh off Alan Quartermain. Yes. And is in this, and is fine. Yep, she's fine. Isn't she Zed's girlfriend? No, that's someone else. She's, like, Mahoney's one. She's the she's the oh. woman that Mahoney goes after. Yeah, they, they were definitely not very interchangeable. Yeah. Um. I think Zed's girlfriend, was that Laura? She was good, though. Oh, she's from Veronica Mars. That might be her. Yeah, I don't know. She doesn't seem to be credited in the, at least the Rotten Tomato yeah. cast, but she was like one of the main characters in this. Okay, as we mentioned, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes based off 20 critic reviews, which I love. Audience score of 38%. Yeah, it's obviously not, it's obviously not a 0% movie. No. There's, there's redeeming qualities. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> okay, fair. Um... <laughs> The fact that um, it's dropped so far mm. from where it started, it deserves a zero percent, but it's not a zero percent movie. I'd say it's like a um, like a twenty percent. Yeah, I mean, there's the problem is like we do this show and we see a lot of films, and there are films like I would say Alan Quatermain two way worse than this. Mm. That I would I never want to watch that that again. This sure, Ooh. if I had a choice between the two of them, this every day. I'm torn. I might, I might watch the other one. Maybe because that one I has been longer since we've watched it. <laughs> it's true. And so I can't remember it as well as this one, whereas I've watched this one recently. I don't want to watch either of them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a terrible choice they have but to make. I, I like the theme of adventure. Um, <laughs> yeah. The other one was more racist, though, so that's, that's problematic. Anyway, uh, this cost $17 million, a little bit of a higher budget from three. What do you think of this made worldwide? Oh yeah, they had to hire the planes to do the stunts yeah, and other things. Yeah. Uh, like 20? Um, h- higher than that. 22? <laughs> I'll give you one more guess. <laughs> Was it 50? 76.8 million dollars. Oh, that's so much. There's three more after this and some of them have to make a profit. It's so profitable. Ah, why? I guess it's like Call of Duty games nowadays, you know? People are going to get them. It's just the same thing, packaged differently. Except this one's worse. This isn't the same thing. This is just the same thing, but worse. At least with the Call of Duty games, you could say they're the same thing, but they've done minor improvements. Yeah, for some of them. This is better than three. Oh, is it? No, it probably isn't. They're probably the same. No, uh, I'd put them equal, if not... Only because I've seen this one more recently and because this one came out after. This is why I don't Mm. like this film. This is why I'm being so hard on this film. is because it came after 3. Yes. And the fact that I can even think of this one as worse than that, I guess it makes sense for sequels to be worse than the other ones. That's just a thing that happens. But why? Why? (laughs) I don't know. How do you go down? How do you... uh... Because they only had, like... Because these come out once a year. Like, that's a a, a terrible business model. Like... Yeah. Yeah, Marvel... There's multiple Marvel films a year, but they had separate productions with one guy kind of looking over it. This is a franchise 
where it's just the same people every year doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's not working. At least it's not a sitcom, though. At least it's not 20 episodes a year of this. Yeah, yeah. Although maybe that would have been more imaginative because they would have had to focus on different characters each episode. Actually, that probably would have been better. Yeah. You know what? Again, we could we could follow the, the, the meek girl and her going day to day and then she's just being meek and then suddenly she'll snap and just, you know, yell at a grocery guy, you know, guy grabbing his groceries who pushed in line, you know? <laughs> she just snaps at a guy. That would have been funny. Okay, taglines. There's two taglines. Oh, yep. They both suck. First one is, <laughs> take Great. off with the original cast and some new civilian recruits as they take to the streets and the skies to fight crime. Yes. Now, I think there's a lot of influence caused by these planes because they have it and the balloons because they have it in the poster yeah it's the one thing they build this movie on i guess but it's only at the very end of the movie it's mm. a long scene speaking of planes i love a plane can you hear that i can hear the plane good plane i, nice. love, I, love, I love planes well, well, great. see look i've got sound effects wow. um and this didn't cost 17 million dollars <laughs> yeah yeah um so, uh, they put it a lot of effort because clearly they paid a lot to get these stunts. Oh, they would have. Stunts sort of things. Yeah. But it's only at the very end. It's like not built up at all. It's just a <laughs> random thing they threw in because they could. Because the director was like, oh, hey, I know some stunt playing guys. Yeah. Because I've done work with them before. Maybe. I'm going to put them in at the end of this movie script writers fit it in and they're like what what do we do okay sure <laughs> we're gonna have them go to a, a fair where there's planes and stuff yeah like it's not built up they at least mention the fair earlier in the film or something anything but it just pops up out of the blue and they're just like oh hey we're flying now that's just a thing. We're doing it. We're just inserted. We're just on jet skis going around, saving the mayor. You know, at least the mayor was built up. They did. There was one, maybe two scenes. Well, the, this one is like the traveling police convention, isn't it? Yeah, but that solves itself before the planes happen. If 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 they had kidnapped the head uh, diplomat or something, and then taking her up on the balloon, that would have been a way cooler scene. That would have been better. That would have made sense. Okay, so they're kidnapping him. They're going to hold him at ransom. How did they get away? Oh, they're using airplane. Suddenly this movie has a coherent storyline. <laughs> kind of. Instead, we just have plane time now. Yay! Happy plane time! <laughs> we spent money on this film! Yay! Uh, yeah, look, not great. All around not great. So, uh, yeah, we haven't got into the film and I've already ranted for 20 minutes. The second tagline is, on land, on sea, or in the air, no place is safe from them. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that last tagline. <laughs> No place is safe from this movie. Even the blue orchard joke in this movie is... No, the the blue, the blue oyster, oyster. That joke was just like, they just randomly walk in. Yeah, because it's, it's stated in the other movie that the guy knows the location of the blue oyster. Yeah. He knows the, the street address off by heart. That's one of the jokes. And then he randomly walks in and he's like, oh, we've never been here before. What do you mean? You know the exact address? How do you fuck this up? It was a joke from the previous <laughs> movie! And then they do the dancing thing again with the same song from the first one. It's and it's just like, joke. this is the worst <laughs> thing they've ever done. They literally just inserted it because they were like, well, this has been a joke in every other movie. We're going to do it again. Oh. And they did the same joke. Oh my god. And it's not even lined up properly. Because at least in the other movies, it's like, oh, we're going to... 
uh, they're causing trouble. We gotta stop him. Let's direct him to the blue oyster or something. They just show up in this one. They're just like, oh, yeah. let's let's have a look in this door. Oh no, it's uh, Mahoney said to go here. That's it. That's the that's the setup for this punchline. There is no other setup, and it's just what it's awful. But at least this movie starts off with a song called "Civilians on Patrol." Yep. Where two rappers are like, they're police, and they're on the streets, civilians on patrol. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, civilians on patrol. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'll give it credit. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't very good. That was good. pretty good. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, no, nah, it was like, civilians on patrol. Oh. I thought that was funny. Also, they really try to make the joke that, like, civilians on patrol is COP, and so they all have tags and stuff that say COP on them, all the civilians who are on patrol. They really try to make that a thing, and I was just like, this is the worst thing ever. I like that. I like that little play. Mm. Can you tell I'm trying to be positive so far? Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying mm. not to, to go into another screaming rant at the moment. So the movie opens up with the cast having a meeting with the boss guy, and the boss guy's like, look, the, the main guy, he manages to intro Mahoney a second time during, during this conversation. What? I did not notice this. What do you mean? So, so uh, they, they all go to a meeting. Yeah, yeah, the meeting with the big boss. Yeah, the big boss. And he, he golfs out a window, whatever, that's, that's dumb. Because he's not only a goldfish fanatic now, but he also likes golf. It's very important. They ran out of goldfish jokes. But he's become way more, like, senile and crazy as these scripts, because they don't know how to handle his character. <laughs> I think he might be my favourite character in the whole series, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, which is why I'm I'm mad at this. Like, because he has such a good character in the previous movies. Because he's just, like, slightly senile <laughs> yeah, through just... these whole things. But in this movie, he, I, um, like, just at the intro here, it was handled so poorly, it made me cringe. So what happens is he starts talking. He's like, oh, hey, Mahoney. And then halfway through, it, there's this super unnatural, like, he goes, oh, hey, Mahoney. Oh, did not notice that. Yeah, no. I noticed it because it was so jarring, mm-hmm. and the actor sounded like he it was really forced. That's weird. Like, he was reading off the script. Yeah, it was just a weird moment, so they could have him like, oh, he forgot Mahoney walked in, and he's already said hello to him, sort of thing. The boss, he says to the entire cast that there aren't enough police in the world. Is that something along the lines? Yep. Crime is up, there aren't enough police, so we're going to enlist civilians. Again, yes. every single plot of this movie is we're enlisting civilians. That's that's, that's every movie. Uh, yes. So, well, no. Well, not number two. Not number two, because two is actually them on patrol properly. Yeah, it's just the third one again. Yeah. The third one was them recruiting new recruits to be cops. This one, they're recruiting new recruits to be citizen cops. Ooh, no. it's different. We came up with another plot. My dog ate the script. Ooh. Ooh. You know? It's really, it's really just the third movie again. It's embarrassing. So they get flyers and they go to hand out flyers across the city. Yep. Did you want to mention the Zed part? So yeah, Zed pees on a sign. <laughs> What the fuck? Oh yeah, that was weird. Do you remember that? Very odd. He just fucking pees on his own sign for no reason. So he goes to like a poetry club 
they they have a little like you know the little sign that says what what's on the itinerary for today. Yes, and it has his his picture on it. Yes, and he just pees on that sign. And so a lady comes over and is like, "Oh, sir, you're gonna have to leave. I'm gonna call the cops." And he's like, "I am a cop." And she's like, "Oh." Okay, that's fine then that you just randomly peed on the sign here. In fact, my character's going to fall in love with you. How about that? Isn't that a cool storyline? What? What the hell is happening? Very odd. It's very odd. How large is Zed's penis (laughs) that he got away with? So he goes to the poetry night. There's a whole thing where he's like, regular clue. Oh yeah, if you don't know who Zed is, uh, he yells. Yeah, he does this sort of voice. And he's there, and he's yeah. he's, he's doing poetry, poetry. I, I, I'm just doing like yeah. my Rick or Morty voice. That's, yeah, yeah, it's like mine. a combination between like Rick and Morty, and just like yelling and getting randomly angry, like having spouts of anger and just yeah. being unstable, and saying like really nice, wholesome things in a very aggressive voice. Yeah, and it's it's funny sometimes. Sometimes it's not. A lot of the time. I'm now, not hating it because I'm like, well, at least something is like, like this is this sequence is making my brain feel something. I don't know what it yeah. is. My brain isn't numb or dead right now, so that's a positive. So this happened all at the start of the movie, and it really felt like this set the quality tone for mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. So there was that intro Mahoney a second time, which felt really unnatural. Like the characters were reading off the script, like. Uh, Mahone drinks a glass of water specifically only so that uh, the uh, sound effect guy could do the sound effect of glugging water. Otherwise, there was no reason for him to do that. Like, it was just like a line he said, oh, yes, I gotta drink this cup of water. They did something like that. Mm. It was really bizarre. And it was like, felt super forced that they're just writing things on the script and forcing them into the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Just like... Uh, the scene here where he walks away with the poetry lady mm. and he finishes his lines. And then for a split second, the camera continues. And you can see off in the distance, Zed isn't moving his mouth. But there's a voiceover line <laughs> that says, let's do some poetry. Yeah, there is stuff like that in this one. It's clearly not the the character saying it at the time. It's just like something that they may have wrote into the script or wrote in later and they didn't record. Yep. So they inserted it over some footage. Yeah, they would have been like, we've got all the footage, but oh no, we never mentioned that this is actually a poetry meeting and audiences are dumb. Uh, so we yes. need to make sure they know. Oh my God. It, it, didn't, it didn't even sound like the actor. No. Zed. It sounded like someone doing his <laughs> voice. I would have loved it if it was just one of the people in the building at the time just had to do an impersonation. Yeah, no, it sounded really bizarre. I have no idea what happened there, but it was really bad. And this has happened in the first ten minutes of this film, and I'm like, oh my god, this is awful. So, uh, we're introduced to some skaters as well. I'm going to jump a little bit ahead to the skaters. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing the thing again, the same thing as the last movie, where they introduce a whole lot of characters. Yes, and some of these new characters are, are, are these two teen skaters. One of them is David Spade, the other one is a guy. What do you mean, a guy? What? <laughs> it's Tony Hawk. <laughs> 
guy is just some random dude. I don't know who he is. Some some guy named Tony. Yeah, I, th- I think he went on to make a video game or or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Tony Blair's uh, super super skates. Yeah. They get chased by Harris, the bad guy in this movie. Well, they they first get t- chased by, like, one random cop who just really hates skateboarders for no reason. I think everyone in the city hates skateboarders. <laughs> I don't know why! It's so random that they just hate these two skateboarder guys. And then the captain dude's like, I'll handle these pugs personally! Oh, because what happens is they're skating... That one cop comes up and is like, skaters, ew. And, like, he pushes one of them into an old man. The old man almost falls over. And the cop is like, how dare I almost push you into that old man? You're going to have to be arrested now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they're just, like, bullying. They're full of bullying these yeah. skateboarder guys for literally no reason. Which, I mean, I guess that's what happens with pretty much all cops nowadays, though. So they predicted something. Wow. Yeah, they chase after them. And there's this massive chase sequence. Yeah, and and the main guy's like, I'll handle these punk personally. I broke down, but why? Why are you going out personally? Why? He's he's the lieutenant of a police precinct, and he's like, I'm going to handle these skaters personally. Skateboarders personally. You know, the ones that didn't do anything other than skateboard around. This is this is one of those things like a commandant is like, why the fuck did you bring this to me? They're just skateboarders. Yeah. Oh, they got away. Who gives a shit? It's ridiculous. Obviously, this is a comedy movie. Because it, I, I get it, it, it makes sense when he goes overboard at this point. It's like, let's get choppers. Let's get cars mm. on patrol. You know, that, that makes sense because it's a comedy movie. But like, the skateboarders didn't personally grievous him. No. I feel like the, the setup to this is like, he's enjoying an ice cream and the skateboarder steals it or something like that. And he's like... Calling the choppers, calling yeah. the cars. That would have been good, but no. Yeah, but no. He's just like, fuck these guys, apparently. And then, like, they climb over a fence, so Harris has got to also climb over the fence. But then his pants rip, and we get an awful uh... sound effect or something. Then the whole fence falls over. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> uh, I wrote down, uh... <laughs> I also wrote down, why are we rooting for these skateboard guys? But they do tie it into the main plot, though, because then they run through the community meeting about the civilians on patrol, and that is when Harris is like, oh, wow, it's you guys. You're back again. I'm going to do all I can to ruin this new program. Yep, because he's a dick. And then they arrest the skateboarders. Yep. And we get the joke because they go to court, and and the judge is like, you're charged guilty as hell. (laughs) <laughs> that that's a funny line i'll give it to that guilty as hell but i uh, i wrote down please just let them go to jail <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, of course they don't no um uh captain harris does a fart noise yeah the scene is mahone's like if you let them come to the civilians on patrol program we'll help them become better people or whatever then Harris gets up and is going to retort to that. But Michael Winslow is like, fart noise. Aha! And then the guy gets embarrassed because he farted in court. Haha. We do get the line though, gee, sir, I thought you only got contempt of court for opening your mouth. <laughs> it's not a good joke though, but you know. It kind of makes me laugh though. <laughs> Chuckled slightly. Co- compared to everything else in this. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, look, again, it's a comedy film. There's some lines. <laughs> That's a, that, if this was a good film, that would have been a good line. Yeah. You know, I feel like. Who are some of the other recruits that there's... Uh, probably like 60 to 70 year old veteran. She's pretty cool. I liked her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked her. She was, she was my favorite of the people they recruited. I mean, who else did they recruit? Like, none of them would um, in the movie to do anything. There's Hightower's friend who's rather large and is in two scenes and then they forget about him. Yep. Um, <laughs> the joke is he's fat. He does one scene where he sits on a bench and he shoots another guy up really high. Uh, there's the two skateboarders, which also have that they have their 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 scene where they're skateboarding, and then they have like one other scene, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we spent time on this movie on these characters that mattered. See, that's the thing though about the first two films that make them they're not good, but that make them better is they establish characters with funny jokes. And this one is just like, what yes. if skateboarders? And that's the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, what if skateboarders? But then it was like, all right, now that we've introduced these characters, we've done the funny bit with them. That's it. They're not in the movie. Yep. And in the other one, it's like, oh, you know, we introduced the Hightower and he's like really big and stuff. Okay, that's the joke. And then for the rest of the movie, you see him go and do mm. cop stuff. Yeah. You know, he like arrests some punks, but... Like, he, he goes in and, like, beats up everyone because he's, you know, super, super muscly, you know? Yeah. That's that's his thing. You see the accident-prone guy accidentally beat up two criminals. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, like, from slapstick shenanigans. Yeah. And it's great. It's good. You know, we got the intro, we know what they do, and then later on we just have a scene or two with them in. Yeah. Because they're there doing cop stuff. That's all you need. The skateboard guys... Where was the scene where it's like, oh, there's a bad guy getting away and the skateboard guys hop on the skateboards and chase after him? <laughs> where, where's that one scene? It never happened. It never happened. Like, that would have been perfect. It's like, oh, this this um, criminal's getting away because he's on, like, a skateboard or a bike or, you know, mm. whatever, and he's too fast and no one can chase after him. Oh, but the two skateboard cops, because they're good skateboard riders, and then you could have a second stunt scene. Where they do extra stunts and stuff. Nope. And it looks cool and it's like, oh, wow, you redeemed yourself, you know? Thank goodness we had these two guys that were skateboard pros on our team. They do that in the first one? Not in this one. They've given up by this point, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> that, that they have. All right, let's yep. Let's go through a bunch of bad jokes because they go to the academy. Lieutenant Harris is, yep. is in charge of teaching these new civilian recruits and it's just bad joke after bad joke after bad joke. Yep. Like the pigeon poo joke. I have nothing else to add on to that. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that joke was as bad as poop. Oh, there's a Zed eating a goldfish joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it was probably somewhere in here. Most of the things... So let me go in and, and read everything I've written about Zed. Yeah. I hate Zed. He did bad poetry. Please, Zed. I hate Zed. Hey, Zed finally was useful. I wonder what that was for. I hate you, Zed. Uh, fuck Zed and his stupid voice. <laughs> I And at the very end of the movie, I wrote down, I hope he kills Zed. Wow, you really don't like Zed. <laughs> yeah, I just realised that's all I wrote about Zed. Because every time he was on screen, I was so sick of his character. There was one line, I cannot remember what the context is. All I've got down Mm. is the line where I think he calls someone a jerk 
And then mm. the guy mishears him, and so Zed says, No, I said jerk! I think that was pretty clear. And I thought that was yeah, kind of yeah, no. That, like, again, he's he's probably one of the better parts of this film. Um, but there's more bad jokes. There's the dog that attacks God Harris's nuts. Great. Balls. Um, some guy is cycling. No, he's on a cycle. It's like a workout cycle next to a pool. But then the cycle goes into the pool, and he's still cycling underwater. Yep. <laughs> and then, oh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. The trainer, the very, the attractive trainer that always sleeps with the recruits. I was wondering if you were going to mention this. She goes into the pool and saves him, comes out, and has got a wet see-through t-shirt. Yep. And we can pretty much see her tits. I mean, it took them four movies to do that joke, so good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good on them, but <laughs> no. yeah. No, you can really tell... You can really tell that the movie's gone down when they have to make that joke. And it's like, ah. There's one good joke in the training place, though. And no surprise, it's Tuckleberry teaching the firing range. That was good. That was a good scene. Tuckleberry's one of the better characters. And do you know who else is a good character? The grandma. Because she's a war vet. And (laughs) she's funny. She's genuinely pretty funny. She I is. love I love the old grandma kicking ass. That's great. <laughs> because she brought her own bullets, right? Was that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she fires Tuckleberry's gun. Yeah. And she gets flown backwards. What I wanted was like a lineup where you've got these the the young cadets all sucking at shooting and her just like bang 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 and she's hit three bullseyes you know something like that that would have been cool that would have been good anyway anyway then back to the terrible jokes they replace harris's uh deodorant with mace yep did you like that no (laughs) that was the same joke as the other one they did that they did super glue for the guy's hair yeah and they do super glue again in this movie they do the same joke which is they they mix it up though instead of uh, swapping his thing in the shower with uh, super glue. They're swapping it with mace, mm. and then later on using the super glue joke to super glue the guy's uh, megaphone to his mouth. Wow. Oh, he is at a convention thing, and he sucks in helium, and then he's got a high voice for a scene, and everyone's yep. laughing, because that's super funny. Yep. As you mentioned, there's the scene where Hightower's friend, who is rather fat, sits down on a seat, Sweet Chuck's on the other end, and is flown up into the sky. However, I noted that, because obviously Sweet Chuck is on wires, and they're pulling him up, uh, they pull him up too fast. He yep. starts going up before the seat yep. starts lifting. Yep. He flies before the seat lifts. Yep. They didn't even get that right. It's good stuff, isn't it? How about the crane porta potty joke? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that fucking joke. Guy goes on the porta potty. Uh, one of the bad guys, after seeing them lay, uh, doing exercise or whatever, uh, uh, playing basketball. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like, "Oh, let's prank him." So they they take the porta potty, they lift it up, they crane it over to a stadium, and then they lift up the sides walls. And so now he's just sitting on the porta potty uh, in the stadium, and then the anthem plays. Mm. Which is, uh, I kind of like the, the the anthem place, and of course he's an officer, so he has to stand up and salute to it. Yeah, but he's in a crane. But we see in the scene, he's clearly wearing underwear. Yep, I noticed that as well. I wrote that, that down. While, while sitting on the toilet. So he wasn't even pooping. He was just sitting uh, with his underwear on. What was he doing? Which is fair enough if you're in any other bathroom, but if you're in a porta potty yeah, you want to get in and out. That's not a place to just sit around. 
Yeah, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the place to sit on your iPhone. No. Especially when you don't have an iPhone. That's true. It's it's the 80s. It was a different time. Maybe that's what yeah. people did back then. I, I doubt it. Know. I don't know what sequence this note is from, but I wrote down at this point, I don't even know how to describe this scene. I'm so tired. <laughs> But I don't know what that's for. Hey, you don't know what it's for, because, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was for the scene where the skaters, woken up in the middle of the night, driven into the city. Oh, right, yeah, okay, all right, let me break down the scene. Let me break down the scene. So, beatbox guy, whatever his name is. Michael Winslow. Yeah, Michael Winslow, with his cool sound effects. His one job in these scenes is to he- overhear that the cops on patrol are getting real confident. Mm. Uh, They say they should become vigilantes and that they're ready to become real cops or whatever. So he gets Tuckleberry and Hightower and and Mahoney and they kidnap these... these... It's the skaters? Yeah. Oh, no, it's not just the skaters. It's some of the others The skaters and the fat guy. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, they take him to a backstreet alley where... Uh, they make the sounds of gunfire. Yep. Like, he makes the gunshot sounds. That's his scene. That's all he needs to do. Then uh, Hightower comes around dressed as, like, a hippie. Yep. Uh, with a body of his of his late brother, quotation marks. Yep. Then... They pile him into the van, right? And then they make them sit with them. And then Hightower starts chanting voodoo... Magic stuff? Yeah, no, yes, but he's just saying voodoo, voodoo, voodoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then he's like maniacally laughing yep. as these guys are like terrified. <laughs> Which, to be and fair, then... Hyde, the, the guy that plays Hightower does a great job. Yeah, yeah. He's very funny. And then uh, Tuckleberry, who's in the, the like body bag. He's dressed up as Jason. He chainsaws his way out of the the body bag and they all freak out and it's like ah get us out of here and they run away yeah then uh all the cops get out of the car and Tuckleberry takes off this ski mask and Mahoney says after he's taken off the mask oh you can take the mask off now Tuck and then we're all like ha 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 because he's already taken the mask off but that scene that joke it doesn't work that joke works oh. if he's wearing a human mask, like a, a like a Jason mask. That's the joke that, that you should make. L- like he's wearing a face on his face? Yes, a face on his face. Because it, then that joke actually makes sense. And it's clearly what the writers wrote yep. in the script for that joke to be. But clearly they didn't get the joke. <laughs> They or they just... didn't care because they used a ski mask. So it's very obvious that he's taken off his mask. So that joke doesn't fucking work. Which makes it even stupider because then you're like, well, then the actors aren't improvising on set. They aren't, you know, no. doing things that work in the moment, which just makes the film even more worse because that means that everything is written. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's very clear in this movie that they're doing everything that's written. That's what I'm saying so at bad. the start there. So bad. It felt super forced and stuff because it's just everything that was written. I hate it. And it's bad. I hate it all. That, that really pointed out to me how bad this film was <laughs> because it's specifically this joke only works if you have a humanoid-looking mask. Which would have made more sense for a guy in a body bag as well. 
the scene just doesn't work because they were lazy and got a fucking yeah. ski mask. It's pretty awful. Just get a proper mask. Okay, so <sighs> there's the scene where Zed goes on a date and then they kiss and then somehow they teleport miles <laughs> away from each other and then have to run. <laughs> this is a great scene. And this is one of the few good scenes in this movie because it's so bad it's good and it feels like the actors were actually having fun. Yeah, true. So what happens is they, they like, kiss and then her camera goes off and they are propelled backwards by the force of the camera going off. And then they get all sexy and they start doing sexy poses and stuff. And then they, they like, gallop towards each Mm -hmm. other with their arms flayed. And then they spin around for, like, a good minute (laughs) before falling over her and Zed says he feels sick. That was... I laughed. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a parody of that sort of weird sexy scene. And that was genuinely pretty funny. It was alright. And I was like, oh, hey, that was a, that was a funny scene. And then... Uh, and then... And then... And then... It's immediately followed by so many unfunny scenes. It's ridiculous. We have the racist Asian cop back. He's back. Yay! He's making dumb jokes. Everyone's like, oh, you say weird things. And it's painful. They have an accent. Ha ha. But, hey, at least there's other delegations of other countries, so they can put on bad accents as well. Yeah, the Um, general premise is there's a police convention where all of the police commanders are meeting up and sharing their secrets, and they're about to go to America to to see the police academy. Uh, And yeah, that's just an excuse to have a British guy who drinks tea. (laughs) This is like a German guy. Anyway... Grandma finds some some crooks. Yes, they finally graduated. Uh, and we see Grandma, she finds some crooks dealing in uh, illicit goods. And by that I mean, like, stolen TVs, stolen TVs. and other things. Because this is a PG-rated movie, there's no drugs in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she goes in, she calls... She calls for backup. She calls for backup on this civilian patrol walkie-talkie that they all have. Yep. And then all the other civilians rock up, and then they're like, police, put your, put your hands up, and they all run off. And then we realise that... And then, uh, no, no, and then the grandma tackles one of them. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, like, full-on tackles, which was funny, but the problem is the one guy she managed to tackle was the cop. He was an undercover cop, and he's like, I've been working this joint for two years. You come in here and you ruin everything. First of all, this is a black market selling TVs. Why have you been undercover for that long? Yeah. In such a stupid black market like this. That was stupid. I hated that. Yep. And then the civilian program is suspended because they messed up this one. I hate this film. Yep. So then we cut back to the police convention. They've come to the city. They're going into the jail to look at these new cool jail technologies. In one of the holding cells is a bunch of cowboys. Yep. <laughs> Why? Are they cowboys? Who knows? I don't know. They're doing Simon Says. Yes, they're playing Simon Says. And I kind of like this scene because they're like, Simon Says this, Simon Says that. They set up this Simon Says thing for a while. And then at the very end, one of them pulls a gun and holds it to one of the guys. 
and says, but Smith and Wesson says, let us out. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. isn't bad. Yeah, this would have, if the movie was like this, I wouldn't have had much problems with it. You know, so they convinced the, the dumb bad guy sidekick mm. to uh, join in. Yes. And they make him back towards the cell. It's like, Simon says, take five steps back. And the guy backs to the uh, opposite cell where the cellmate like pulls out his gun. Yeah. And then and then we have the, the line, you know, Smith and West. It's like, haha, yeah, uh, Simon didn't said. And yeah, yeah, but Smith and West says. That's a good line. It is. That's a good line. I liked it. And then, uh, and then, yeah, they lock all the police sergeants in the jail, and all the cowboys are free to jump in planes or whatever they do. Yep. So they 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 drive around. Uh, we get a scene where Tuck tries to arrest some guys robbing a bank, but they they pull pull guns on him. Yep. And then uh, the grandma comes in and saves the day by driving a motorbike through the window. It's cool. A, like a boss. I would watch a buddy cop comedy film. That's Tackleberry and the grandma. He, he, he says this multiple times, actually. He goes, uh, wait here, wait in the, the car or whatever. And she doesn't, and she just comes in. I'm annoyed that she didn't help near the end of the movie. She just wasn't in the climax, even though she was, like, the best part of this movie. Yeah, so. just too old to be in a plane. Maybe that's it. They couldn't get a stunt double to be in a plane that looked like yeah. it. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense, but... Anyway. Wouldn't it have been cool uh, if um, she, w- she was like, I can drive a plane, mm. or something like that. They go like, oh, we need someone that can drive a plane, and she's like... I can drive one of these bad boys. That would have been great. Instead, for some reason, Sharon Stone can drive a plane and she's a photographer reporter. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Wouldn't it be oh, way dear. cooler if that was the grandma? Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, we used to fly these bad boys in, you know, mm. 1922 or something. I don't know. Fucking yeah. bullshit. Because what happens is Michael Winslow fights a bunch of ninjas on a boat for no reason. Uh, and that was really dumb. And then that leads them to go to the police station that they rescue all the sergeants or whatever, except the bad guys noticing this are are escaping in a balloon to avoid being arrested. And so Sharon Stone's like, yep. I can fly a plane. Yeah, again, these balloons and planes come out of nowhere. And then we just get 10 minutes of uh, stunts. Yep. Although there is that awful scene where, is it the bad guy? No, it's the bad guy's uh, sidekick. He's like, they're going up in that plane over there. I've got to fire a warning shot. But they're already in a balloon. And so he fires a warning shot and makes the balloon uh, have a hole in it. Because he shot through the balloon and then the balloon crashes. And then the, the cops on patrol save them. Save the commander. And we don't get a scene where the commander's like, wow, you saved me. I should have approved this <laughs> of course not. all along. Even though I thought they were going to do that scene. Yep. They just didn't for some reason. Tackleberry's pretty cool. He jumps from a plane to a balloon and then slides down the balloon. Yeah, I thought these were great stunts. It doesn't make sense in the movie, uh, except for Tuck. I mean, he's going to jump out of a plane. Of course, <laughs> of course he, is. he is. But the the actual stunt work is actually pretty cool. Yeah, th- there was one really cool stunt where I think it's Zed and the frail guy are in a plane and then the plane falls upside down and they just fall out. Yep. That looks great. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks really cool. And then they rescue everyone, and then they're like, well, turns out Civilians on Patrol was a good idea. And then we hear the song again, and the movie's done. Uh, uh, again, uh, the, the two guys who fell out of the plane, Zed and the other nerdy guy, they start fighting. And I wrote down, I hope he kills Zed, because the guy starts choking Zed. 
Well, they don't come back in the next one, so I guess they just landed on the ground without a parachute and died. No, because we see them afterwards, of course No, not. that was a dream sequence. In my canon... <laughs> they both died from falling out of the plane. <laughs> that's what happened. That would be very funny. Anyway, that's Police Academy 4. I vote for the January award because this yes. just everything about this is lazy in a January way. God awful. It definitely deserves the January award for sure. Like the first two were, were bad, but fine. And three in this one are just painful. Will five be better? We'll find out at some point in the, in the very, the very distant future. It's, it's going to be way worse. I've seen one scene from it. That was pretty funny. That was Tackleberry. He, f- he fights a shark. Oh, Tackleberry's in it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's only like Mahoney who leaves out of the good ones. To be fair, Tackleberry's one of the better characters. Yeah. It's just like this wild cop that's just like, oh yeah, I'll pull out Smith and Westons, I'll fight a shark, I'll jump out a plane. Yeah, which ones are back? Which ones are back? Let's have a look here. It's funny, his character's kind of evolved because at the, the first movie, he was just like a wild fight. All he, all he was about was guns and shooting things. But now he's just like crazy. <laughs> There's Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach, where they go to Florida. Yep. So there's probably a lot of, yeah, like, beach At least that sounds different from 3. Number 6 does not. Number 6 is called City Under Siege, where the city is under siege. By what? The orcs? (laughs) (laughs) What? So that one's probably, like, not about them training people, so that's good. We've got two films about them not training new people that only have one joke. That's great, because I'm getting tired of them just training new cops every movie. Number seven looks awful and it made no money, but it's called Mission to Moscow, and I really want to see them go to Russia, because I think that would be terrible. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, no. That one's uh, Sound Effects Dude, Tackleberry... That's it. Wow. Hightower's not even in it. Is Hightower in, like, five? Yeah, Hightower's in five. But yeah, the January award for this film, without a doubt. <sighs> I'm all yelled out. I'm done with this movie. This is definitely a January award. It was terrible. It was bad. This this isn't even old. This is just bad. I hated it. It really annoyed me because 3 was bad and this was just the same movie but worse. And I'm like, what? Add and remove segment. I think for both of us, it's add good jokes, remove bad jokes. Yeah. Uh, remove Zed from the movie... Uh, that's what I would do. I would add more grandma scenes because mm. uh, I quite liked the grandma. I would have added the skateboard scene. I, you know, throughout this movie, I've been coming up with jokes and scenes that were better in this movie. I would add all the scenes and jokes that I made up in the in the you know wow. five seconds that it took me to. Well, we forgot to do it last week for the barbarians, but whatever. We'll do checklist. We'll do the checklist. Oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. The checklist is a bunch of tropes from the year. We go through them, see how tropey Police Academy 4 is. Number one, is it bad porridge? You're damn right it's bad porridge. This is the worst porridge. god-awful porridge. Oof. It's not even one single reference to porridge. Nothing in my life would make me want to eat this porridge. Hey, that's one of the good thing that was missing was that gross guy. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't bring him back. Uh, dumb characters. No, no, no. The real question is, was there a smart character in this film? I'm sure the goldfish is very smart. Oh, the, the cowboys, I guess, were pretty smart. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, they escape in a balloon, though. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, well, yeah. That one cowboy that started the Simon Said was a smart character. He's smart, he's smart. Oh, the grandma's smart. She doesn't do anything. Like, none of her jokes are look at how dumb she is. 
That's true. Uh, okay, bad guy from foreign country. Now, uh, I personally think that the Police Academy movies, they, they take place in this alternate dimension where everyone sucks and everyone's awful and, and no one knows how to write things. It takes place in this nightmare world, this well, nightmare it, ultimate it definitely does, alternate yeah. reality. And because of that, uh-huh. because it takes place there, then everyone's in a foreign country and therefore, yes, Harris is from a foreign country. Ah, uh, yes. Because the true villains of this movie were the script writers. That's <laughs> true. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree to that one. All the good guys live, obviously. Yep. Has anyone ever died in any of these movies? I don't think so. No. Ah, uh, the goldfish. One of the, one of the goldfishes died. Yeah, they cooked the goldfish on the uh, on the <laughs> <laughs> poor goldfish. Good guy sacrifices themselves. Of course not. Yep. Generator slash power outage. I don't think so. No, I think we're good for that one. Female lead falls in love with male lead. There's a bunch of them, and they do. There's multiple. Wow. That's impressive. You have two characters which were useless, and their whole purpose was to fall in love. Yep. Wow. Dead animals. No, but... But close. But goldfish could have died. Yeah. Zed nearly eats a goldfish, so we were close. Is a ripoff of other famous movies. It does, of course, parody Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th. Yep. Car breaks down or crashes. Yes, it opens with that. Yes. We have we had a balloon that crashed as well. Mm, doubly impressive. Yeah. We had, a, we had a car literally at the start... Crash. Uh, the first thing this movie did was break this trope. <laughs> and later on they had a balloon. So maybe we add vehicle breaks down. You know, just, just general vehicle. Just change that to vehicle. Yeah, not just car, but vehicle. Because hot air balloon, the guy accidentally shoots a hole through it. So That has been changed to a vehicle, not just a car. Was there slow motion in yep. this movie? Thankfully not. It was long enough. Yeah. Song with the title of the movie in it. Oh, boy, was there. They played it twice. Cops, off patrol. <laughs> cops, cops, off patrol. Cops, off Noticeable patrol. green screen. There was no green screen in this movie from what I could tell. Nope. They couldn't afford special effects. <laughs> or they didn't care enough to use them. Being knocked on the head and falling unconscious. Ah, oh, I don't know if we had that one. I don't know if that was here. Because we had that one in the other ones where Hightower comes in and just beats up everyone yeah. and they all were, like, knocked out. It definitely gets unfunny jokes where the joke is that... No, it doesn't get this. It doesn't get unfunny jokes where the joke is that the joke is unfunny. Because they think every joke in this movie is funny. Yes. There's no joke specifically made for people to be like, haha, that wasn't funny. I don't know. Because, like, the, the, the sexy scene, I think, might fall under that category. Because it's... The, the whole point of that was it was so ridiculous. Hmm. And, like semi-parodying that sort of sexy scene. I think it might get that award for that one scene. And then the last one is narrations. And no, but there was dubbing and that counts. All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll add that one in. Dubbing. I'll add that as a separate one. Overdubbing audio they forgot to record. Dubbing over audio is a bad trope as well that should be in here. We had a dubbing. That's the episode. We're done. I know we're not done. We've got raving reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not done with this yet. Because, Sandra, <sighs> it's time for raving reviews. A better joke than anything in the film. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... No, 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 but, Sandro, do you know what's the best part of that joke? What's the best part of that joke? That's that's a reused joke. I'm pretty sure I used that joke before for, <laughs> for the first movie. <laughs> I think you did, yes. 
<laughs> but see, it was all a meta joke because they reused the same plot. Mm. So I'm going to do it as well. So this is the part of the show where I get uh, reviews from Rotten Tomatoes uh, audience score because they're the only reliable reviews from the only website that I get them from, from the audience, because the reviewers don't know what they're talking about. Yes. Because they gave this a 0%, and this, this film can't be that bad. <laughs> can't be that bad. Let's see what the audience says. Uh, if we must. Sandro, you've got to guess the scores between 0.5 and 5. Yep. Theodore says... The only thing interesting about this movie is that Tony Hawk did all the skateboard stunts. Hmm. That is interesting. But it, they, they said it's the only interesting thing, which leads me to believe that it is a two-star review. You're correct. Ooh. Well done. Wow. Right off the board. Boom. He got the two. I, I thought that was going to throw you off. No, no, no. I'm on my game. I'm on my, this movie has focused me. Uh-huh, yeah. I, I am a better man coming out of it. Yeah, because you're so unfocused on the movie, you're more focused on everything else. Ryan says, The jokes are predictable, and the plot is put together with all the pacing and storytelling abilities usually found in the late 70s porn industry. <laughs> that is a great <laughs> review. Yeah. They didn't say that the jokes were bad, though. They just said predictable. That is correct. I kind of want to go 2.5. It, it, it's not that. Mm. You were close. It was 1.5. That was... 1. Yeah, that, that was yeah. the other one I was going to go for. That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, you felt the 1.5 there. You sensed mm. it, but you didn't. You weren't quite sure. Oh, well. All right. Crispian says... It's a good name. The best one since the first. No, it's not. Which is saying pretty much nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ah, uh, one star. It is one star. Yes. Well done. Yeah, 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 one star, one star. We had uh, uh, Brody, who says, Police Academy never gets old. Oh, that's got to be a four. That's as high as I'm willing to go. It's a three. Oh, good. Yeah, Brody, who says, Police Academy never gets old, gave it a three. So apparently it does. Yeah, well. Uh, Rem says, hee hee, gotta love the squad. No! No, I don't love <laughs> I don't love the squad. The squad was shit. I would prefer these movies if they focused on one member of the squad, not all of them. Or just to focus on the squad itself and go into their backstories. Just yeah, that'd be good. You could have multiple people focused on just yeah. Uh three point five. Five out of five. Alex said the joke stopped being funny two movies ago. <laughs> Give up. That is a great one. Zero point five. Uh, no, it's 1.5. Ah, 1.5. And finally, so normally, all right, normally, I've broken the, I've broken the script here a little bit. Yes. Normally, I only get, uh, short reviews. Yes. So it'd be short, snappy little things. But I got a, a rather longer one. Oh, great. Um, this one doesn't have a reviewer name. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? No, but go for it. I broke my arm laughing while watching this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On rewatch. <laughs> yeah. Then I shattered my kidney and splinted my colon due to my intestinal amusement. The amusing policeman farted and later lost his trouser in an amusing manner. A real kidney buster of a comedy. If you enjoy being in 
hospitalized due to Oprah amusement and don't mind inadvertently damaging your flailing limbs, then I thoroughly recommend this movie. That is... Oh, like, that has to be five out of five. <laughs> yeah, this is borderline satirical mm. this review i can't I, I i couldn't stand it yeah no it's five out of five i don't know if that is real or not i hope it is real i i hope they have internal bleeding <laughs> and hemorrhaging from this movie that's the last one yeah that was the last one well that is our episode there we this is not the longest episode we've done this year but it's definitely the most tiring i think yes i'm exhausted mostly because i was yelling for the first half of it I look, yeah, we will probably do the other ones at some point, but we're, we're going to give it some time. We gotta, we gotta take a break. So join our Patreon if you want. I, I think Sorority Babes, oh yeah, no, Sorority Babes is on Wednesday. That's this Wednesday. There you go. So yeah, check that out. That was a, that, 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 that was a movie. That was a movie. Honestly, I'd say that one was better than this one. Oh, without a doubt, I think I, oh, I, that's a spoiler for my review of that movie, so I won't say that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you like the show, yeah, you can help us out by joining the Patreon. Uh, we appreciate that greatly. Thanks to everyone who has signed up already. Or you can uh, support the show through other means. Telling a friend always helps out. If your friend likes Police Academy, uh, show them another episode. And don't tell them that we reviewed Police Academy, because then they'll get angry at us and won't want to listen, because we don't like them. Yeah, I hate them. I hate them with a passion. Yeah. I hate them more than Zed. Well, you hate the movies more than the character Zed. That, you hate it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just the worst. Why do we keep doing them then? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Why, why, why do we? All right, packing this up. Let's get on out. <laughs> There's links to Facebook, Instagram, emails, everything in the description. You are picking next week's episode, Zach, and you have got a lot of options. Oh, okay. The first one actually sounds pretty cool. It's called Gothic. Yeah. It is a British horror that retells Ooh. the Shelley's visit to Lord Byron at Villa Diodati. It uh, is about, yeah, the horror writing competition, which uh, famously led to the creation of Frankenstein and the original vampire short story. A very historic day in horror writing. Huh. You've got Making Mr. Right. Okay, now we're talking. Like, look, the first movie sounded good, yes. which means we're not doing it. <laughs> so... Yes, the second one is called Making Mr. Right. It's about uh, this, wo this woman called Frankie. Her job is to make a almost human robot. Uh, the robot is played by John Malkovich. Problem starts to arise when she realizes the robot is everything she wants in a man. Oh, my... <laughs> Oh my. So, falling in love with a robot. You've got The Secret of My Success. Michael J. Fox, uh, who's great, obviously, navigates the big world of finance and climbs the corporate ladder. Okay. Three for the road. Charlie Sheen is a political aide who has to go on a road trip with the senator's wild and crazy daughter. Mm, hate that. Hate that one. And finally, Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two. The sequel to the Christmas-themed slasher. That is half flashbacks, half garbage day. <laughs> it's garbage day. Well, you know what I have to do now. Like I, I was thinking about doing, um, doing that second one, the robot one. Yeah, the robot one. That sounded kind of funny because that sounded a lot like Hunk. Yeah, like Hunk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mannequin a little bit as well. Yeah. We can add that to like a Patreon poll. I don't want to. <laughs> um. 
Uh, so, uh, but we have to do, we have to do our favourite garbage day movie, absolutely. Why did it come out now? What a weird time for a fucking Christmas like What the fuck is with these movies? <laughs> I don't know. For fuck's sake. Oh, it's awful, it's awful. Just release near December at least. I don't even know if the second one is set at Christmas though. Oh, is that what? I don't know if he dresses up as Santa in it. From what I've seen of it, I don't know if the brother ever dresses up as Santa. Also, just to huh. prepare you, half the movie is the first movie. Oh, fantastic. Well, then we, we, we already know it. You don't need to rewatch it because it's half the movie. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah. We usually end things with the best quote from the movie we just talked about, but I didn't write any down. Oh, I, I, I've got some. So you could do, uh, don't ever touch my balls without asking. I don't want to do that. Not a good quote. You could do, you could take that mask off, Tack. I don't like that quote. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm really running out of them. I'm going to, I'm going to go with actually, I, I know fart jokes are some uh, of the worst jokes. Uh, yeah. Um, they're really bad, and they're very yep. lazy. Uh-huh. But I'm going to go with, Geez, sir, I thought you only got contempt of court for opening your mouth. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. Look, it's a good line, because then you have the visual of someone opening their bottom. <laughs> uh, then, then I have to go with my favourite quote being, A <laughs> I hate this. Yep. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.